Welcome to Fringe with Benefits. I'm still here, friends, loud-mouthed, emotionally riled, and sick of it all. I may be fired up, but I'm feeling good, strong, and healthy. I'm your host, Stacy. If you don't know who I am by now, I don't know what to tell you. I'm the bad bitch that comes to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. Now let's party on. I just arrived home from a school board meeting, and so I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of on edge, guys. So let's knock out our accountability segment. I guess I need to be accountable. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know how that goes. During the show, you're going to hear all kinds of noises in the background. You're going to hear my laundry being done. You're going to hear my elderly dogs barking and, and whining and possibly their nails on the floor downstairs. There's going to be things happening. There's a highway next to my to, next to my house, and I do not have a recording studio, so you're going to hear things. Sounds are a huge part of my experience, huge part of my life, and now they're for your experience, too. I'm sure I've said this before, but why the heck not say it again and just put it out there? It's not that I don't realize this. It's not a super professional podcast. I am not a professional broadcaster. This is for fun. Now, in our state, state of Washington, they have state employee uh, jab mandates now. I received a couple messages from some previous coworkers, people I worked or worked with at Fish and Wildlife, and they're fucking freaked. They're panicked. They're at risk of losing their job unless they submit to this experimental. You can't even call it a vaccination. It's not. It's a gene therapy. People are going to try to argue it, but if you look at a definition of a vaccination, it does not fall under the definition. I don't know how you can get people to realize this, but I don't know where the logic has gone. It's completely gone. So people here are getting angrier and they're afraid. They're starting to speak out and not allow their fear of judgment dictate what they say and do. But most of them still are allowing their fear of judgment to dictate everything they do and everything that they say. And I'm hoping that things do not have to get too much worse before people, you know, pull the frickin' brakes on this. There seems to be a food and sundries shortage. Everyone I talk to, numerous people have shared with me that certain items and entire sections of stores are not stocking their shelves. Uh, they're not they're not able to get certain things, and they have all kinds of excuses as to what's causing this. One person said that they said that a the fires in California are the reason that there's a driver shortage, all kinds of things. But it's starting to get even weirder. And can we really believe anything that we're told? Even the people that are higher up that are relaying the information, can they even really believe what they're told? I don't know. I don't really know. I'm going to go into a little part one of my personal story. And we'll follow it up in following podcasts. I'll give you little bits of information. Each accountability segment until the story is told. I grew up in Southern California schools. It was like growing up on a prison yard, honestly. Anybody who, who grew up in Southern California schools, unless you went to a private school, it was like being on a prison yard. We would have these race wars every couple of months, lots of fighting, racial tension amongst the students, and a lot of gang activity ran rampant. So if you weren't with the preppy kids, you ran with the misfits pretty much. And my, my social aspect was super screwed up when I was a kid. There was a lot of rejection, a lot of self-esteem issues, my um, serious insecurities about, you know, I, I, th I thought I was a freak. I thought I was a freak show. I had 
a messed up foot from my lawnmower accident. I I felt I was too tall, I was too skinny, too flat chested, too wide waisted. Everything about me was just so wrong and I just felt like I didn't fit in with anybody. And so the few friends that I had, I totally cherished. Well, those soon fell apart and probably around eighth grade is when everything just took a turn for the worse for me. I quickly associated myself with people that were very, very wrong. And I'll give you more next week. Let's move into Stacy Socials. I know that was messed up, but you're going to have to wait. By golly, Stacy's socials is <laughs> very interesting this week. And it's not just in the socials anymore. It's impeding on my life. So there are things I actually have to address. It's starting to affect me, starting to affect the people around me for sure. And you can feel this tension and this um, almost disbelief. And people are shocked about what's going on. So the few things that I pulled together for you out of the, I don't even know how many freaking minutes of, of footage and, and how many hours of articles I've been reading. And it's, there's a lot of shocking things going on, but I'm sure you already know that. So Stacy Socials this week, I'm going to start with an Instagram post by Dan Scavino. It's, it's showing Tucker Carlson. He's talking about Ireland. They commissioned their own research on the masking of children. The Irish Health Authority found that masking children in the classroom is not a legitimate medical precaution. It's blatant child abuse. I know a lot of parents will be mad at me for saying this, but shit. I feel awful for allowing my kids to mask up. It goes against all of my instincts. And hard truths are difficult to hear. They, these masks, they exacerbate anxiety and breathing difficulty. It makes it worse. It impedes their language skills. They are accumulating high levels of CO2. It's a breeding ground for dangerous bacteria. Negative facial development issues. There are no benefits, no reason to be mandating this mask. So Ireland, they're refusing to implement these mandates. And we aren't talking about it. There's a few people talking about this study they did. So where is the justification for them to do that to us? Where is it? There's no data to justify mask mandates. The only publication defending it is a New York Times article, according to Tucker Carlson, about a Duke University study saying they studied one million students. And a journalist named David Zweig looked into that number and found that there was no control group making an illegitimate study. No surge in COVID in schools with no mask mandate. Researchers didn't respond when they approached them about that. The researchers at Duke University and then the video goes on to talk about some of the ludicrous leadership and illogical reasoning by school boards. It's linked below. And the government of Australia. Have you been watching what they've been doing to their people? No evidence to be pushing this mandate on people. There's also linked below more support for Tucker's report. The details about the study are it's from the Irish Health Information and Quality Authority. They published this report in March, actually. These scientists gave evidence that the mask had adverse psychological impacts, including anxiety and inhibiting the development of communication skills. The report found that since the pandemic started, the extent of transmission between children and or onwards to households has been very low. The paper went on to add that there's concern regarding the potential harms associated with the face mask use. In Britain, school children under the age of 12 have never been required to wear masks during the pandemic, neither at school or anywhere else. Public Health England's medical advisor, Dr. Susan Hopkins, said in March 
The consensus view is not to advise school children at primary school age to wear face coverings. This is for two reasons. First, they can have difficulty wearing them and keeping them on all day. The second part is that it's really important that they see facial expressions in order to develop their communications and language skills. <sighs> and a little tidbit, the mask mandate for British secondary schools was dropped at the end of May. Some of the world is stopping that because they see, they see the deception there. Next, I want to talk about this poor Olympic cyclist from New Zealand, Olivia Podmore. She dies at 24, and this is... I'm not sure what happened, and neither is are they, really. There are some people that are saying that because of an Instagram post she made about being overwhelmed that maybe she had killed herself. But the coroner says they haven't, they'll release their finding, they're making inquiries into the relation to the death. So we don't really know how she died. I can't say that, because I do know that she had been vaccinated to participate in the Olympic Games. We've talked about the sudden death thing before. So when I saw this, I was like, geez Louise, what happened? Well, the New York Post put an article out that said that this tragic loss had raised concerns about the athlete's mental health because she had outlined pressures of competing at the highest level in an Instagram post, which was later removed. Why was it removed? It's kind of this weird, strange mystery. So if anybody has any input, I did talk to a friend who lives in New Zealand, and he confirmed to me that she would have had to have been vaccinated. But there's also an increase in suicides with young people as well. So we've got two concerns there. Which was it? Wall Street Journal put out an article about the American Academy of Pediatrics that they told an international consortium of more than 100 clinicians and researchers who doubt the, the reigning orthodoxy that they told them they couldn't set up an information booth at the association's national conference. Although L'Oreal, the cosmetic company, and the National Peanut Board will be there but not the Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine. The Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine, SEGM, they object to the widespread use of affirmative care protocols, which mandate that adolescent and even pediatric patients who claim to have gender dysphoria, which is severe discomfort with their biological sex, they need to receive immediate affirmation from their doctors. Doctors' licenses have been suspended for not participating in this affirmation care. And there are, other, there are other protocols that other doctors have come up with that might be helpful. These young people are frequently encouraged along a path of rapid transition via hormone treatments and surgery, with some of those can damage your health. In the past year, major hospitals in Europe have ended or curtailed pediatric hormone treatments in response to their own internal reviews. In March, the UK's National Institute for Health and Care Excellence concluded that benefits of these treatments for pediatric, pediatric patients were unclear. The Karolinska Hospital of Sweden, it's, the affiliated, it's affiliated with the institute that awards the Nobel Prize in Medicine in May, in May decided to end its use of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for treatments of gender dysphoria for all patients under 18, except in controlled research settings. Finland's national gender program issued new guidelines after noticing that many of the kids treated with hormone therapy failed to show improvements in mental health, like they tell people that it does. Clinicians across the West are acknowledging that the evidentiary basis supporting medical transition for kids is shaky and that hormone treatments on adolescents doesn't produce significant mental health benefits. 
Yet there is no home for that message inside the U.S. medical societies, as endocrinologist and SEGM co-founder Will Malone said. And they're referring to the Dutch protocol, which is widely adopted standard of care. It's been used to justify getting minors as young as eight on puberty blockers. And this is only based on a study of a very narrow population. These are kids that were gender dysphoric at very, at very early childhood and had no other mental health comorbidities. And now they're using this study to justify treating a whole new demographic. And these are the teenage girls who are involved in this fad who seem to have no prior history of dysphoria and have high rates of anxiety and depression. I would say that it isn't applicable. And they say that there's many, that there are, you know, there is proof out there that there's many young women who went, underwent these treatments and surgeries. And now in their 20s, they're regretting having done so. And they're trying to tell people these are the detransitioners. So here we are again, another form of censorship where the health of our children is at stake as well as the rights of the parents to protect their children. I highly suggest anybody who knows Abigail Schreier, she's actually the one that wrote that article about this. She has an opposing view besides the official narrative, and she's been canceled all over the place. She was on Joe Rogan. She's done some incredible research. This is true journalism, and I hope she wins a Pulitzer for what she's done. Next is a really crazy story about this family that just went out into the middle of nowhere and they all died, including their dog. Dave Pauletti's talked about this. There's some weird stuff surrounding this. So this is the gist of it. A family of three from California, they were found dead near a remote hiking trail after they were reported missing. According to the Mariposa County Sheriff's Office, John Garish, Ellen Chung, and their one-year-old daughter, Miju, and the family dog were found dead in a remote area of the Sierra National Forest. They said the scene did not indicate a clear picture of what happened, and it's currently being handled as a hazmat and coroner investigation. And they're working with assistance from California DOJ. They're looking into carbon monoxide, and they said that the family was located in such a remote area that sheriff units had to hike to get sat phone service, which is really remote. A family friend said that he is originally from England, the father, and he worked in Silicon Valley. And his wife worked um, as a yoga instructor before becoming pregnant with their daughter. Very sad story. Very strange. So they were they were near a location that was called Devil's Devil's. I don't think it was Devil's Bowl, but it was Devil's Ridge or Devil's something. And Dave Pauletti's in his missing four one one research talks about a lot of these people. Strange things happen. They go missing. They die in areas that are named after devil. It's got devil in it. There's also something else weird. There's a trail near where this family was found. It was called El Portal. So anybody who's, <laughs> how ironic, how symbolic, maybe coincidental, but those of us that live within the multiverse know that coincidence, anybody read the Celestine prophecy? Yeah, I know it's probably fiction, but there's a lot of truth rooted in our fiction and people need to pay attention. Anyways, Keep an eye out for the results of that. That's another thing. News articles come out, something crazy happens, but then you hear nothing else about it. So where is the accountability from our media? And that's why I like fringe journalists, because they don't give a fuck. And they're going to tell you what they found out. And they're not going to let somebody tell them they can't put that out there. 
So kudos to them. And I'm giving Ivory Hecker a shout out because she's a badass. Okay. Next is an awful fucking story about a flight attendant told this mom to glue the, this mask to her daughter's face in flight. The mom's name's Allie Cleek. She's speaking out. She said her and her daughter were in tears when they were on a Southwest Airlines flight from Orlando to Norfolk, Virginia. The baby started crying and she wouldn't keep on her mask. She's a thumb sucker, her mom said, and the only way she knows how to soothe herself is by sucking her thumb, which is impossible with a mask. And then two of flight attendants stood over her, watching as they held her down and tried to get her to wear it. What kind of sick shit is that? And then one of the flight attendants sarcastically told the mom to either cut a hole in it or glue it to the toddler's face. I guess Southwest Airlines apologized, and the flight attendant also made a comment that she had some glue available for the mom in case she wanted to really do that. So how sarcastic was that? And what gives people the right to be so freaking awful and ignorant? Willfully ignorant. They just refuse to look at it. The Washington Times reported about this high school teacher in Utah. She was busted on film talking all kinds of smack to her students, being a bully Awful. She was fired after this video of her sharing political opinions in class went viral. A student in the classroom is secretly recording her. The teacher was criticizing people who chose not to get vaccinated. She said, quote, I don't have to be happy about the fact that there's kids coming in here with their variants that could possibly get me or my family sick. And the teacher said, that's rude. I'm not going to pretend like it's not. She also could be heard saying, that most students are smarter than their parents and that her, even her parents were dumb, she said, and not to believe everything their parents believe or whatever. Alpine School District, which declined to identify the teacher, but everybody already knows who she is, said that the district disavowed her comments. They said, quote, this behavior is inappropriate, not refl- reflective of the professional conduct and decorum we expect of our teachers and will not be tolerated. And so here we are to close Stacy Socials next week. I will talk on that horrific story of the father who murdered his two young children in Mexico, reportedly due to QAnon beliefs and that he feared they had reptile DNA because that's just too weird for Stacy Socials not to talk about. It's <laughs> it's bizarre. And I've really yet to figure out what the heck is going on here. I don't think none of us will ever know, but it's awful. Absolutely awful. And it makes me sick to my stomach. So we'll get into that next week. Business is business. Follow me on all my social medias. Fringe with Benefits has a Patreon where I talk about personal stuff. I don't really have any patrons yet. <laughs> Whatever. So I have I've pulled back on devoting some time there. I guess I'm not as cool as some of these internet famous people who have average lives and a lot to say. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. I am on Not The Bee. That is a really great platform. Seriously great articles. Some good people over there trying to do their thing and speak their mind. Instagram is at Golden Valkyrie. There's underscores in there. I don't want to say underscore twice. I already, I just did. Fuck. Rumble and Bitshoot, Golden Valkyrie. Inward Survival has its own website inwardsurvival.com join the mailing list because you never know what's going to happen just get your get your email in there so i know how to reach you i mean if you want go follow the fringe with benefits in and inward survival's f- facebook page 
And I have a Naked and Afraid fan page at Stacey Leo Sorio. I'm not really sure how long I want to be associated with that franchise now that they've changed their branding to Naked and Afraid of Love, but <laughs> that's pretty interesting to see how that's all shaping out. I don't know. We're going to see. I'm definitely going to try to watch some of it. Twitter is at Stacey Fringe. YouTube is at Golden Valkyrification. I'm on Parlay, Gab, and Minds. Which one's my favorite? I would say Gab and Minds. I'm not a big fan of Parlor. It's weird. Uh, MeWe, I'm not a big fan of that one either. So maybe I'll delete some of these accounts. We'll see. Go subscribe to the Fringe with Benefits Telegram channel. I only get on there every few days to try to like do a data dump and drop some stuff in there, but I don't have a whole lot of time to sit there. There's so much information on Telegram. It's crazy. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, go give me a rating and review. Share the show, but be mindful of the disclaimer. And we all know what this disclaimer is. I'm not for everybody. Some people are not going to be happy with what I'm talking about and what I might be saying. And some of this stuff could get me banned. I'm like Alex Jones, honestly. Um, so be mindful of that. Serious, you take this serious because people are very touchy about some of these subjects and nobody needs any conflicts. But maybe that's exactly what we do need right now. Go visit the Fringe with Benefits Anchor homepage linked below and click the support the show button and support the show. And thank you again to our subscribers. Remember, if you support the show, you support Inward Survival, and we're going to do big things. Yay! Mailbag, mailbag, send me your crazy stories in my mailbag. Fringe with benefits at protonmail.com. Go for it. Write me that crazy story that you've been wanting to tell me for a while. Just send it. Send it over. I want to hear about all your ghost encounters, your Bigfoot encounters, your skinwalker encounters. I want to hear about that time where you were, you know, assaulted in the grocery store for, um, I don't know, for whatever. I don't know. It, any, anything is actually good. You, you could tell me about the time you had a dream that was uh, prophetic in a way. You could tell me about your crazy cousin who was arrested for beating up his wife. I don't, you know, I don't know. It doesn't really freaking matter. But send me your mail. This week, I'm going to read you a newspaper clipping article from Dave Paletti's Bigfoot, Wild Men, and Giants, archived articles from 1680 to 1923, the second edition. On page 226, August 19th, 1894, in the Anaconda Standards, it says, A, a giant wild man. He crunched Judd Barron's big dog in his mighty hand. From the Galeton, Pennsylvania Gazette. Last Sunday forenoon, Judd Burroughs' boys, whose home is in Dry Hollow, five miles west of this place, received a scare that will not leave their memory while they breathe the air of life. After breakfast, the boys went to pick some blackberries for their mother, accompanied by the family dog. They were picking away unconcernedly near the edge of a piece of thick woods not far from the house, and but a short distance from the high back at the river's edge when they were suddenly startled by the awfulest yells mingled with cries of pain from their dog that they had ever heard. Wondering what was the matter, they rushed out of the briars to a spot of clear ground, when on looking up, they beheld a sight that temporarily froze their blood and struck their limbs with palsy. For a few seconds, they were rooted to the spot. Bereft of the sense of speech and the means of locomotion, the fearful sight that met their eyes was a giant about seven feet in height, 
from whose nude body from feet to head grew long matted hair. In one hand, at arm's length, he holds the large dog as easily a boy could hold a stick of candy. Luckily for the boys, the dog's cries of pain restored them to the use of their legs and lungs, and they hollowed loud for help as they fled towards the house. With an indescribable screech that raised the echoes for three miles distant, the wild man flung the dog after the retreating boys, rushed towards the river, and in two bounds from the 20-foot-high bank cleared the stream and disappeared. In the afternoon, a party of armed settlers started in search of the wild man, but though his trail was plain, they failed to find him. On Monday of this week, several men got a glimpse of him from a distance, but he but did not attempt to molest him. He is described as a giant in size, with high broad shoulders, extraordinary long arms, large head, and his whole body covered with thick, dark hair. He's probably the same wild man that was reported as having been seen near Hulls last spring. His appearance has set this part of the country in a commotion. Mr. Burroughs' dog was found in pretty dilapidated condition. Several of his ribs were broken to the, in the giant's grasp, and its hide is fearfully punctured from the wild man's fingernails. Straight out of the news, back in the day, folks. Straight out of the news. And I love how they actually used creativity and um, eloquent vocabulary to describe this encounter. I thought it was beautifully written and absolutely terrifying. And this is not this is not super rare. People have experienced this before. And back in the day, they used to actually report on it. So here I am sharing with you that. Send me your mail, fringe with benefits at protonmail.com. Our weekly topic this week is a serious one, and it is scary. It's like Morgellons scary, or Morgellons. You know, we've talked Morgellons disease before. This is like, is it really happening, or all these people just super crazy? You know, quickly, before we get into it, we're going to be talking about targeted individuals, which is a worldwide phenomenon possibly associated with, like I said, Morgellons. As well as the the movie with Mel Gibson, Conspiracy Theory. I know I've brought that up before, too. In the movie, this guy is ultra paranoid, says people are after him. To come to find out that he was actually telling the truth and there was this conspiracy to target this guy and make his life a living hell. And then go back to one of our earliest episodes where I got a mail, some mail in the mailbag from a guy on the East Coast who sent me 36 pages of documentation of incidences in which he has been electronically harassed and he's like tried to he's committed himself to medical institutions he's tried to ask for help so he sent me that long that long letter with everything he's ever documented since this started happening which is bizarre I didn't read the whole thing, but I, I mean, I read the whole thing to myself, but I didn't read the whole thing on the show. I just basically summarized what he was trying to tell me. And so this is kind of related to that. I figured I would do an entire topic on it this week. There's a lot of stuff out there, guys, and it's really disturbing and kind of scary. So let's get into it. Starting with exposingtheothers.com. A targeted individual is an ordinary person who's exposed to forms of psychological torture carried out by the others, they call them. These attacks are occurring everywhere around the world, and it's being done out in the open through electronic harassment, gang stalking, and constant scrutiny. 
You only see them if you want to. There's no other way to make them stop, and they will continue doing it regardless of your behavior to cho or choice to obey or not to obey. Perhaps you read the book 1984, published in 1949 by George Orwell, or maybe you heard of MKUltra, the CIA mind control experiment that took place between the 50s and 70s on unwilling citizens of the U.S., there's a plenty of information about the disclosed files all around the internet, and it, it actually happened. More recently, increased surveillance and invasion of privacy by companies like Facebook, if you remember the Cambridge Analytica scandal, or governments on the pretext of national security, it starts to make us wonder if they behave more like authoritarian regimes. Read between the lines and start to distinguish between fantasy and reality. They are trying to associate this term with mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or psychosis, spreading false rumors, dismissing the exposure to extreme stress conditions, and marking down those who try to speak up. You are not crazy. You know how easy ignorant people start believing we are all the same deep down. We were not born with knowledge about this world. Our brains learned from all around us. We trusted our parents, and we believed them because we had no reason not to. What if our parents didn't know everything and got things the wrong way? We are humans after all. Now it's time to cut the cord and question what they know. According to rationalwiki.org, which is basically, this is a bunch of garbage, honestly, because it's the same type of behavior in which they're not taking these people's concerns seriously and just brushing them off as crazy. But we're gonna, we're gonna say what they think about this. They call the targeted individual an umbrella term coined by troubled unfortunates and paranoid cranks who insist they are all individually on the receiving end of a massive covert harassment conspiracy of highly malignant intent. As is to be expected because paranoid delusions respect no borders, TIs are found around the world from North America to Western Europe to Asia. The vast majority of TIs consider themselves to be victims of ongoing and relentless, touchless torture plots. The nature of these alleged attacks varies among TIs, but generally involves some combination of asinine drama to pseudoscientific flummery and or improbable coordination malicious actions. This all includes remote neural monitoring, microwaves, psychotronics, basically a variety of hypothetical electronic weaponry, Secret mind control, actively enforced gang stalking, remote sexual abuse, surgical insertion of alien implants, harp harassment, we've talked about harp before, and even reptilian involvement. We've talked about reptiles before too, haven't we? In response to, okay, so a lot of, there's a lot of targeted individuals that say that the Associate, Association of Psychologists of America were actually Nazi scientists. This is rational wiki's response to that they say the diagnostic and statistic manual of mental disorders was not created by nazi behavioral scientists as it says right on the cover it was created by the american Psych psychiatric association and first came out in 1952 it is a little known fact that america fought against the nazis in world war ii and that they were defeated in 1945 so unless all their psychiatrists fled to america and infiltrated the top ranks of the apa's committee this is blatantly impossible i've got two words for this dude project paperclip he goes on to say that ti hysteria is buttressed by the existence past and present of some actively or some nefarious or dubious programs and weapons or weapons research 
Their written laments have references to MKUltra, COINTEL Pro, Zertsung, and various government and corporate weapon programs, including HARP. The paranoia was further fed by Edward Snowden with his revelations about global surveillance ta- undertaken by the NSA. Although some TIs dismissed Snowden as a false flag or limited hangout operation, given that none of his reve- none of his revealed NSA documents point to the targeting of individuals for touchless torture, gang stalkings, and all that jazz. The NSA's global surveillance apparatus and its impact on civil liberties is an entirely rational position. So is the outrage over COINTELPRO and activism to avoid repeat performances from the FBI and other Big Brother agencies. But to understate the TI movement is not characterized by such rational interests and justified fears. Um, I think that's bullshit, sir. He goes on to say that as revealed by Snowden in the leaks of 2013, only a small fraction of internet users are placed under surveillance. He says anyone found up searching on Tails or Tor, which I imagine is a, a deep dark web thing, he said is added to a list and definitely to be placed under surveillance. And he says that this falls under the assumption that these people have something to hide. Not necessarily all of TIs, though probably many, clearly suffer from mental illness in a clinical sense. A former national security reporter for the Washington Post, Sharon Weinberger, has provided in-depth coverage of the TI phenomenon, as she noted in an interview about her work. Quote, human experience is not clear-cut, and phantom pains, voices, and feelings of being watched or followed are all a part of this experience. Many, many people will experience fleeting auditory hallucinations in their lives. Who hasn't had the feeling of being watched? End quote. He says that maybe we shouldn't be so quick to judge what's psychotic. I do think dismissing everyone who believes in mind control as schizophrenic is a mistake because I believe they are victims of mind control, but I believe that it's too simplistic. That's probably the only thing that I agree with here. A brilliant article by the Millennium Report shows an image. You'll have to go there. It's linked below if you want to see this flow chart diagram of how this um, TIs are targeted. And at the top, you have the CIA funds to the U.S. Air Force and the FBI. Their directions come directly from the Council of Foreign Relations. The CIA Denver PSYOPs will direct the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security, and they work with the FBI to formulate a terrorist watch list, perform gang stalking, and do character assassination. The CIA Denver PSYOPs also directs the U.S. Air Force in tracking and microwave weapons, as well as the U.S. Air Force Space Command Shriver Air Force Base uses Vercator microwave weapons to target people. They use cell tower microwave trackings and attacks, and they will stop any kind of interference from outside help that these people try to get help from. Blocking medical help, legal help. Interesting diagram. This Millennium Report talks about how he wants to make the unconscious conscious. And that lots of these tactics these people are using is the typical mind control tactics. They have been used in former COINTELPRO operations by the U.S., Russia, Germany, amongst others, against their population. They say, he says it's probably de- derived from known tactics such as bogus investigations, 
which is false flags pretty much sometimes, surveillance, smear campaigns, use of noise, thefts, break-ins, character assassination, staged incidents, false flag, framings, sabotage and vandalism, mail interference, blacklisting, citizen informant squads for overt surveillance, which is gang stalking, poisoning and drugging, incarceration into prisons and mental institutions, and electromagnetic weaponry. He said that it's a historical fact that the U.S. officially targeted its civilian population on multiple occasions, such as during MKUltra and COINTELPRO. These things cannot be denied. In Germany, their methods were contained in two programs, Zerstung and Directive Perceptions. They were German versions of COINTELPRO. Zertstung was developed to destroy a target person's inner self. During an interview on the Republic Broadcasting Network, Dr. Munzert, a German target, drew a parallel between the current program and what occurred in East Germany. He says, In Germany, this is called Zertstung, and it means the dissolution or disintegration of the targeted person. BBC in 2004 talks about Stasiland. In it, she wrote, the German word Zutstung is harsh and has no direct English equivalent. She describes it as a concept involving the annihilation of the inner self, that it calls for the targeted spreading of rumors about a particular person with the aid of anonymous people making compromising situations for them by creating confusion over facts and engendering of hysterical and depressive behaviors in the target person. Directive Perceptions, she said, is another program designed to develop apathy in the targeted subject to achieve a situation in which his conflicts, whether of social, personal, career, health, or political kind, are irreversible, to give rise to fears in him, to develop and create disappointments, to restrict his talents or capabilities, to reduce his capacity to act, and to harness dissensions and contradictions around him. I would say that Nikolai Tesla was a targeted individual, honestly, by listening to this, after what they did to him and what they'd done to, to many pioneers of a new technology that would interfere with their, their directives or their established paradigm. So these programs are designed to secretly destroy a person's personal and professional life, ruin them financially, prevent them from reaching their potential, Intention to produce irreversible depressive and panic-stricken behaviors. A combination of various COINTELPRO operations used by oppressive regimes on their civilian population. It has been refined and deployed globally. He says this is what the basic formula is. Frequency describes how often an event occurs. The number of acts within a single event. Duration, the length of the single event pertains to nonstop nature of harassment in general, and intensity, amplification of acts such as sound, sight, crowding within an event. So for an example, they give this. One neighbor arrives and two others leave. As they're tending to their vehicles, there's the repeating opening and shutting of doors and trunks, alarms going off and beeping from alarms being turned on. These disturbances emanate from areas surrounding your house, this may happen simultaneously, or they may be strung together, one right after the other. The event lasted for five minutes, longer than normal. In addition to length of the event being extended, the number of times each act occurred, which within the event was increased. Example, multiple repeated doors trunk slamming from cars, even if a single individual is at the vehicle. 
And also this event will happen many times throughout the day, which is the frequency. And then each individual act of door trunk shutting is amplified by deliberately slamming to produce a louder than normal noise. That's the intensity. Now these things, it seems kind of crazy, I know, but it can be synchronized with your activity, such as your arrival or departure. They know where you're going to be at all times, and so they're, gonna, they're going to um, orchestrate these events. So they cannot be ignored. It begins with the surveillance of these targets. They monitor their lives. They break into their home to find out things about them. And this is done so their personality traits can be cataloged. After they're singled out for preliminary stages of harassment, this is when the gang stalking starts. This is what McKinney describes as a part of a softening up process. After the period of overt surveillance and gang stalking, NWL are introduced. Those are, it's a harassment technique gradually increased to extreme conditions. Dr. Munzert speaks of basically the same pattern, which he describes as double-folded strategy. He said it's usually the same procedure, but with individual variations. Also, victims are claiming to be attacked by microwave weapons. And then, then it's also intended to portray these people as mad or insane. Dr. Munzert explains the effectiveness of this approach as unbeatable and reveals that it is essentially what the Stasi did to their targets. Part of this protocol appears to include elements of neurolinguistic programming, that's the NLP, which is a type of mind control used by behaviorists to affect change. Another tactic is called street theater, harassment skits or staged events. These are planned skits such as blocking or swarming, they include informants who surround targets and have conversations intended to be overheard, which contain information about the target's personal life. In that email I got from that guy, that's what people were doing to him. They would walk up to him on the street and say, oh, I know this, this, and this about you really loud so other people could hear it. And he's like, what the fuck? I don't even know you. How do you even know this? You know, that would be unsettling to everybody. It goes on to say that some of these tactics sound literally insane because they're deliberately designed to make someone appear that as though they're suffering from a mental disorder. These were created by experts in the behavioral sciences. People may also be emotionally drained and unable to properly identify or explain what's happening to them. And that's, that's really sad. They're so freaking overwhelmed, they don't even know what's happening to them. According to the Department of Justice, Mental tactics designed to cause psychological harm must last for months or years before they constitute torture. You're kidding me. <laughs> so keep in mind, these are psychological warfare tactics which are intended to drive people crazy. The mental health system is apparently being used worldwide to discredit targeted people who complain about this. According to the book Journey into Madness, the true story of secret IA mind control and medical abuse by Gordon Thomas, Countries around the world, including the U.S., have used doctors to help abuse and discredit people, often for political reasons. It's also a documented fact that there was a collaboration between doctors and the military when experiments are carried out in prisons, hospitals, universities, and on unwitting people in North America. So it appears that medical doctors, psychiatrists, psychological psychologists are covering for this program. This is similar to what was done in Russia where enemies of the dictatorship would be thrown into mental institutions and drugged beyond recovery. Dr. McKinney says the APA's refusal to acknowledge the impact of terrorization upon the human psyche, even given the publicity stemming from the Church Committee's findings in 1975, 
raises serious questions about the validity of psychiatry as a profession in this country, not to mention the APA's ethical intent in the long term. We've also got the DSM. It's the Diagnostic Manual for Identifying Mental Disorders. The first edition of the DSM was released in 1952. Like we said in the previous article, this was the time when the APA was under the control of Dr. Ewan Cameron, who was the one who committed the brutal government-sponsored torture of the MK Ultra program. We've talked about him before. Dr. Ronnie Lita Kilda, former chief medical officer of Finland, wrote in an article entitled Microwave Mind Control, Modern Torture and Control Mechanisms Eliminating Human Rights and Privacy. These people are saying that the psychiatric diagnostic statistic statistical manual, the DSM, for mental disorders, is a brilliant cover-up operation in 18 languages to hide the atrocities of military and intelligence agencies' actions towards their targets. Dr. Kild says in the manual that it lists all mind control actions as signs of paranoid schizophrenia, and that all medical schools teach their students that if the person is paranoid, especially if he or she believes intelligence agencies are behind it all, and that never is the medical profession told that these are routine actions all over the world by intelligence agencies against their targets. Dr. Munzert said that doctors first think of paranoia and schizophrenia if someone complains of this program. Annie Earle, a licensed clinical social worker and board-certified diplomat in her area of expertise, has over 25 years of psychotherapy experience as an independent practitioner. When referring to the DSM during an interview on the Republic Broadcasting Network, she says... It's called the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. And psychotherapists, regardless of specialty, are required to give their patients a diagnosis from this manual. And in order to get the diagnosis, you have to fulfill certain criteria criteria that is clearly spelled out in the DSM. She says that patients started coming to her who didn't really fit the standard criteria. For example, she said they might be having what some people consider a psychotic or schizophrenic breakdown and that they might report what seemed to be hallucinations. But they did not have any of the other criteria that goes along with schizophrenia. She said that there are many criteria that one is required to detect in making the diagnosis of schizophrenia, and these people did not meet that criteria. This woman, Annie Earle, this licensed clinical social worker, also became targeted while studying this program. In April, May 1996, an issue of Nexus magazine contained an article entitled How the NSA Harasses Thousands of Law-Abiding Americans Daily by the Usage of Remote Neural Monitoring, RNM, written by former NSA worker John St. Clair Acqui. (laughs) It reads, NSA Dement Domestic Intelligence has the ability to covertly assassinate U.S. citizens or run covert psychological control operations to cause subjects to be diagnosed with ill mental health. The DSM appears to have been created with a loophole which allows government-sponsored harassment programs to exist. This was evidently done so people will appear ill when explaining this to a mental health professional. Adding to this confusion, the program itself is designed to mimic mental illness when explained to those not in the know. Mental health professionals may also participate in this program, wittingly or unwittingly, by labeling targets as mentally ill. It is one of the several layers of protection used to help keep this program operating in secrecy. Okay, so here's some of the things that they do to people. I told you this shit was scary because it's like everybody's in on it. Surveillance, number one. Character assassination. 
sensitivity programs, NLP. These sensitivity tactics are used by these groups are borderline subliminal attacks designed to artificially create phobias. Noise campaigns, synchronization. This is when the groups would try to synchronize their tactics with things that targets do, such as entering or leaving their homes. And then harassment skits, street theater. Whew. Okay. A blog titled Circle of the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm just going to read what this woman says real quick because she's, I mean, she's kind of on a good one. I mean, she's, she's trying to fight for, you know, these people's bad situation they're in. So this is what... This must be her website. Her name is Lisa Renee. This is what she said. People that have been identified as targeted individuals are the first waves of humans being secretly experimented upon for testing out this AI surveillance system by using an assortment of automated SRA methods for subjugating group consciousness via remote device or satellite. The planned expansion of this AI system through the reset into techno-totalitarianism is to eventually connect every living human brain to AI networks that built out complex simulations of the entire genetic library on Earth. This sinister project was intended for all of humanity during this phase of a global reset. Through installing the techno-totalitarianism in order to finally gain some ground in the utter destruction of free thinking and human freedoms in Western culture. The NAA want to connect all human brains to AI systems as a means of total and complete human consciousness enslavement in order to monitor and manipulate all electromagnetic activity of the human brain to fully collect the data for the purpose of controlling the timelines. Mind blown yet? She says that primarily the Black Sun groups, which I have no idea what that is, that they have been experimenting on humanity for many years with an assortment of AI and black box quantum computing technologies for the purpose of moving the collective consciousness towards AI-controlled groupthink, which is similar to connecting human brains to the internet. This system is referred to as the brain net or the hive net. Is your mind blown yet? Because mine is. In the Fort Worth Weekly by Terry Webster, she says that Some targeted individuals believe the voices and insults are coming from V2K, a microwave technology known as voice-to-skull communications. The microwave technology is one piece of an arsenal of directed energy weapons used to harass and torture people. Targeted individuals point to patents and testimonies from doctors, scientists, high-profile people like whistleblowers Bill Benny and J. Kirk Webb of the National Security Agency who have publicly said that they are concerned about directed energy weapons. Benny and Weeb preceded Edward Snowden, an other NSA whistleblower. Snowden caused a global uproar when he leaked the classified documents that showed how the NSA and other agencies are spying on the public. The former World Technical Director for the NSA, Benny, had aired his concerns on the Jimmy Dore Show and other programs. To date, directed energy weapons have yet to gain the same widespread attention as massive government spying and surveillance. Some of Fort Worth's targeted individuals hover around an online meetup.com group run by Richard Lighthouse, a rabid government critic from Houston. His online bio states that he previously worked for the NASA and holds a master's degree in mechanical engineering from Stanford. Lighthouse calls himself an advocate for targeted individuals. He has accused numerous U.S. intelligence agencies and contractors with the U.S. Department of Defense using weaponized satellites to experiment on and torture the public. He says this is not a joke. 
The weaponized satellite program, Lighthouse believes, resides at the U.S. Air Force Base Space Command at Shriver Air Force Base, Colorado. There, military personnel are given orders to blast unsuspecting citizens with energy weapons that produce searing pain, unexplained burns on the skin, bizarre neurological symptoms. The U.S. military is the strategic force behind the satellites, and the CIA in Denver provides the funding for the gang stalking program. A statement on targetedjustice.com says, Cell towers are sending subliminal messages at everyone. Subliminal messaging equals government mind control. Lighthouse and his followers have sent cease and desist letters to virtually every U.S. intelligence agency, and they have accused Lockheed Martin, AT&T in Dallas, Rayathon, and Rayathon of perpetuating the gang stalking program. A local targeted individual named Chris Young, who agreed to talk with this reporter on the experience, he said that, A little more than a year ago, he started hearing voices, and he wasn't sure where they were coming from, but he knew they were foreign and not from his own mind, and that they played on and on, like a song song stuck in his head, and connected these dots in his life in the most horrible way. He said the voices tried to elicit paranoia in him. They claimed people were tracking him, stalking him, and spying on him. At first, he wondered if the NSA or FBI had launched him into an experimental program, Others told him they might be demons or the voice of the devil himself. This is his explanation. Quote, Are you specifically doing a story only on gang stalking or the other common aspect of the targeted individual experience described as electronic harassment? He said, that's what he asked. And he says, in my personal experience, I have found that the former is nothing more than a delusion cultivated by the latter, which, however, is very real. He's saying that the electronic harassment is causing the delusional paranoia that gang stalking is actually happening when it's not. It's actually the directed energy weapon causing the electronic harassment, making the person think that they're being gang stalked. Now there's a mind fuck for you. He continues, in other words, the electronic harassment phenomenon of hearing 24-7 voices is generated by some kind of AI program that imitates a group of human beings stalking the individual. That is what elicits the paranoia and makes individuals believe that actual people in their vicinity might be stalking them. He says that most people are crazy for thinking the government or any other human organization on the planet could be involved in something like this. But he said, logistically, it is impossible to organize massive operations such as street mobs that follow people everywhere they go. Another local targeted individual she spoke with is Caleb Newton. This Fort Worth man describes himself as a gypsy soul who has traveled across the country doing construction work and odd jobs with his dad. Much of the work that was done on military bases and in churches. He said he was dating a woman in Fresno, California, who worked as an investigator for the IRS. Shortly after the relationship ended, he saw up to 12 cars following him or showing up at random places he went and street theater actors meeting him at places that he had previously decided to go acting out scripts in public and many times expressing personal stuff about his life that no one knew. He says it doesn't prove that they're used for widespread harassment against the public, but directed energy weapons do exist, and we can prove that. There have been, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, that there have been strange neurological symptoms experienced by American diplomats in China and Cuba. These are all consistent with the effects of a directed microwave energy, according to a report by the National Academies of Sciences. The report stopped short of proving that it was due to directed energy weapon. The U.S. Department of Defense is developing energy 
directed energy weapons for war applications, according to the agency's website. The Air Force Research Laboratory has developed a model for high-power microwave systems, a class of directed energy weapons where a very short, extremely high-power burst of energy is transmitted to create a wide variety of effects on a target, often focused on its electronics components. Organized stalking campaigns are also conceivable. Companies exist that accept pay to destroy someone's life. One of these companies, NefariousJobs.com, calls itself the best revenge for higher service in the world. This dirty work is often done by contractors offshore, and the company claims its website they do not break any laws. In a documented case of gang stalking, an Ohio couple filed a lawsuit alleging that for the past 11 years, residents, including city officials, have been driving by their home while revving their car's engines, screeching tires and honking horns for as long as about five to 10 minutes at a time. According to the lawsuit, there have been thousands of such events. This couple alleges that the stalking began in 2007 over a land purchase dispute with a former fire chief. So it's possible. Doxing, harassment, all this stuff, it happens. Character assassination, people hired to fuck with people, it happens. I know people this is happening to right now, actually, that are in a family custody battle. There are a ton of comments from the readers in this article. It's extremely disheartening and terrifying and I really feel for all these people because they can't all be crazy. It's kind of like the Sasquatch thing. There's no way on earth that millions of people are lying, one, hoaxing, two, or hallucinating. Some of them must be telling the truth. The first post, or actually the only post that I think is important to read, was posted January 29th, 2021 at 10 a.m. by Katherine Peters. She is responding to a guy named Luke. This is what she says. Luke, organized stalking is very real. It is important that you learn everything you can about this horrific crime. I am a former CNN journalist in the UK, high school English teacher, UK, equity manager, public relations manager, highly educated from a better than average family, incredibly smart and talented woman who is now trafficked, sold on the dark web for being popular, successful, and law-abiding not mentally unstable, yet. I am cyber-tortured on the web, on places called Red Room and Psycho-Porn. These live interactive games on me are for torture and premeditated murder. Using military microwave satellite weaponry, yes, military and police are involved worldwide with this, and I will die the harshest death possible and be completely lied about because of men in uniforms and others wearing badges. Murder the socialite on millionaire's row and beat the bitch to death are very real. Ten women, all highly educated, beautiful and law-abiding, are now dead, and these men walk away from this crime without any consequences because it's a no-touch crime. Learn from William Benny, Kirk Webb, Dr. Catherine Horton, Anne Vanderstill, Dr. Millicent Black, United Nations Cyber Torture Division, and listen to Nils Meltzer from the United Nations. The evidence is overwhelming if you know how to look for the truth. The United Nations just had their third annual conference on this sickening crime. Every country agreed for the death penalty. Sadly, the states give 75% of the United Nations funds to them. And when the states then turn around and say that there is no such crime in America, knowing we are all responsible ones for this, crimes against humanity is real. Texas is one of the guiltiest states for this crime, especially San Antonio and Corpus Christi. Look into it. Your family will thank you. What is currently happening can no longer be kept a secret. 
This crime is incredibly hard to comprehend at first, but it's a must for you to learn. Non-consensual implants, nano-dust, chemical trails, EMF broadcasts, illegal surveillance are already a part of your daily personal life and you don't even realize it. Everything about me has been lied about. Please don't go mental unstable just out of the blue. This is just a huge moneymaker. That was the end, end of that. Okay, according to Organized Stalking South Africa, they say that there are different phases or stages in which you are a TI. So let's get into that. Phase zero is a non-target. This is where everybody would want to be, right? <laughs> is the zero non-target. Fortunately, it's only less than 1% of the population that are targets, and it will take years before the problem is too widespread. As a non-victim, keep an open mind about such a crime. It does exist, and there will be a next victim. Do not take part, do not participate in any organized slander, and do not spy on friends or neighbors, and do not accept payment of any sort. Phase one, new target. They say it's really hard in the beginning to tell if you're a target or not, and this is a deliberate trick by the perpetrators. During the first few months of being a new target, you are being studied and secretly stalked to gather information about your lifestyle, social support system, and work life. When they figure out the best strategy for attack, that's when they start. Some of the early signs would be workplace mobbing. Everyone at your workplace seems to suddenly be against you. People will seem to know your personal business. They know stuff that there's as if there's some sort of surveillance or hidden bugs. Or that you have no privacy. And Weird. Some friends may begin to disappear for no reason. The ghost. They start ghosting you. They say that the cycle of destruction continues for months and months until the new victim finally works out that there's such a thing as gang stalking, and it's almost impossible to work this out on your own. Phase two, lots of attacks and your life is spinning out of control. This is when everything starts to fucking fall apart for you, pretty much. You'll lose your job, your friends, your relationship. You'll be tricked and fooled into moving or changing residences or running. You'll be tricked into losing a lot of finances. You'll be forced to be depressed, have fears, act irrationally. They say that there's nothing you can do about it. It's just um, damage control at this point. They say it's like falling into a very dark hole and there will be no help. They say the sooner you get this, you'll be a lot safer. And then you can get out of this phase and you can help others. Phase three, target begins to know about gang stalking. This one's difficult to understand. This is where you need to make a point every single day to learn all there is to know about the topic. There are three arts to this. There is the technology, the social standing stature, and then there, you're making sense of your own personal events. Understand that there are people who are paid to stalk, sabotage, and make 100% your life is hell. People are being paid to have a report to a boss on how much damage they caused to you for the week. Your friends are leaving. You're losing a job. It's none of your fault. Learn as much about this about gang stalking and electronic harassment as you can. Start to document all the strange things that happen to you. Collect incidences on a spreadsheet and treat it like a scientific experiment. Write down everything. You want to spend at least a month analyzing, being skeptical, suspecting every little thing, recording your dreams, strange phone calls, write down the phone numbers, make record of how often you can't sleep, Go crazy on the details, it says. Why? Because they will play the same game as long as it works again and again. You need to figure out what buttons they are pressing and get smart quick so you don't fall for their tricks. Great point. There's no mental specialist who's going to help you with this. Family and friends who are non-targets are most likely going to suggest pills and a doctor and none of this will help. So all of this journaling is the best form of self-help. 
One, you'll get some closure. Two, you'll make logical sense of the madness. Three, you'll have an actual record months down the line. Four, there's a trail of you not being mad or crazy. And five, you're in a better position to anticipate the next attack. Phase four is full understanding and lifelong implications. With all this new knowledge and understanding, this is where you're going to be able to have a normal life again. This is where you're going to be able to articulate yourself so you can help yourself and others get justice. You have to, it's going to be clear that there's no way out. There's no solution. This was designed to completely destroy your life. These likes, these attacks are most likely going to continue for the rest of your life. If you don't do anything about this, your health is going to continue to decline your relationships, everything. People will think about suicide and death. But now the person that writes this article says that he prays for his perpetrators to be the ones to die. He says that's his only reason for living. Quote, imagine you cannot pray properly and they inject foul language. Imagine you cannot even watch TV in peace. They just inject depression. Imagine trying to stay positive affirmations in the morning and they force negative thoughts. I live for two things, to see them die and to leave a contribution for future targeted individuals. And then to close it up, phase five, living the rest of life. Last but not least in this really difficult topic is a Quora question. We all remember Quora. It is titled, where can I get help as a targeted individual? There are 12 answers, and one of the answers I'm going to read to you is by Linda Ruth Best. This was answered about three years ago. She says, this is a tricky question. In my experience, I think it would be simpler to tell you where not to try to get help. Mental health professionals, hospitals, police, government agencies, crime victim services, shelters, attorney general, FCC, FTC, etc. You might think at first that these folks who are public servants and paid by taxpayers want to help you, and some do. But in the end, you will be very disappointed. Part of the ploy when your target is is to get you to have a complete nervous breakdown. Who wouldn't with daily break-ins, spam calls, stalkers, theft? The goal is to make you act out in extreme ways to get you arrested, committed, or further shunned by everyone around you. To isolate you. And it's extremely effective. You can report criminal activity, but part of the problem in repeatedly reporting vandalism, break-ins, theft, stalking, and harassment is you become viewed as a frequent flyer or someone who is crazy. It's difficult to believe that such an elaborate ploy could be used against one person, you, an ordinary citizen who is not famous, doesn't hold state secrets, or million-dollar cures. Order your credit report from all three bureaus. It's highly likely that information has been tampered with to further ruin your reputation. This is called spoliation, and it happened to me. Make corrections if this is the case. Pay for an FBI background check and fingerprint card for yourself and keep this information in a safe. Make sure you change all your passcodes frequently and, if possible, lock down all your online accounts so they cannot be accessed at all. Not until you get a handle on the situation. Keep an extra phone and never use Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, or any features that can be mirrored. If possible, just get a flip phone and keep it in airplane mode at all times unless you have to make a call or a text. Keep location services off at all times. Do not use apps that require location services. And if possible, do not register the flip phone in your name. Gosh, that's a lot of hoops to jump through, right? Like, that's almost impossible for me to do. She goes on to say, I'm not saying that you should not report criminal activity, but what I'm saying is that your best defense is to get surveillance equipment and a home alarm system. Know this, however, gang stalkers include corrupt law enforcement, 
security experts, technical tricks used by the NSA, FBI, CIA that can bypass every attempt you make to secure your home, belongings, cell phones, computers, internet, Wi-Fi, cars, and workplace. Know that you are up against a tried-and-true psychological and physical system that is so elaborate and organized that there's virtually no escaping the attack. It's an all-out assault on your finances, your personal relationships, your reputation, your work, your home, your belongings, your body, and most importantly, your mind. The best thing you can do is document the criminal activity and record the evidence best you can. If items are stolen, keep a log. Turn those lists into the police and keep copies of everything for yourself. Do not trust that what you will upload will be accessible later. The hacking is so intense that you might find yourself with blank SD cards, corrupt computer files, corrupt thumb drives, and empty or corrupt cloud storage. That happened to me. I tried to print out all pertinent pics and keep them in a locked room. I was forced to put a lock on my bedroom so that the thieves could not break in. It was absurd how many times I had to replace locks on doors, locking gas caps, padlocks. Get padlocks that are combinations that you can change. Don't get anything that can be opened with a key. They can pick any lock except for four tumbler door locks, which finally worked after yearly, after nearly a full year of break-ins in my home. Seek support from groups on social media. Beware, though, that many shills and gang stalkers join these groups. You have to be very selective with whom you associate with online. Check out the YouTube videos. Again, be selective. There's a lot of misinformation. I'd start with William Binney, Kirk Webke, Web... <laughs> Webkey, it's W-I-E-B-K-E, Tom Drake, Ed Snowden, and Kevin Shipp for general information about surveillance and erosion of the Fourth Amendment. There are some pretty good testimonials and educational YouTube vids on gang stalking and targeted individuals, but you have to be careful not to get sucked into the ones that are out in left field. I looked at everything I could when I first realized what was happening. I took a lot of sifting through websites, forums, groups, and videos to find sources I felt were viable and reliable. Good luck, and if you are indeed a targeted individual, remember this. The attack is on every part of your life, but the most damaging is psychological. Try not to let this absurdity steal your sleep and joy. Make sure you eat healthy, exercise, write and record your feelings to help process what's happening. And do your best not to get sucked into the mind games that strangers are using on you. It's not easy but you can pull through this. Do not let them win. Well, if you if you were in for a mindfuck, today was a mindfuck. <laughs> what do you think, guys? Our guest spot this week is for... Okay, so Real AF with Andy Frazella. I've talked about Andy Frazella before. 75 hard developer. He also owns First Form, and he's a creator of many businesses. If you are into the same kind of content that I'm that I'm into and have a real passion for what's going on, you definitely want to check out Real AF with Andy Frazella. Greg Anderson recently was on his show. Great episode. Go check it out. I don't know what number it is, but you can't miss it. Greg Anderson used to work for the Port of Seattle as an officer. I, I believe that they relieved him of his duty because he went viral in a video that he created. I think it was May of 2020. Um, it is linked below. And... He reminds law enforcement of their duty to the community and not to abide by tyrannical mandates and to remember the oath to the Constitution. So check it out. Uh, there is also an article linked below that talks about, you know, because this, you know, it went viral. Of course, Seattle Times had to address it. And, you know, they talk about what he said in the video. And I want to quote him. 
And he says, I want to remind you that regardless of where you stand on the coronavirus, we don't have the authority to do those things to people just because a mayor or a governor tells you otherwise. We don't get to violate people's constitutional rights because somebody in our chain of command tells us otherwise. Greg was disturbed at the implication that people would be violating a law of going to church, for traveling on the roadways, for going surfing, opening their businesses, going to the park with their families, or doing nails out of their own house, using their own house as a place of business. See linked below. So there's two people to go follow. Inward Survival School of Magic is going to emphasize on the magic of dance. And I want to really bring back the dance battle. Do you remember the 80s where they would like dance battle each other and how fucking cool that was? I do. And I want that to come back. I mean, you know, street fighting's cool and, you know, getting into a fight is exhilarating sometimes, but it's also dangerous. You know what else is exhilarating? dance battling. So (laughs) a gal from the University of Melbourne, a doctor, Dr. Kim Dumphy, says that dancing can encompass social, cultural, and spiritual dimensions. And dance therapy was formally recognized in the USA in the 1940s. There are many accounts of indigenous Australian culture using dance for healing. And it likely had been used in celebrations and rituals for important life transitions such as birth, puberty, marriage, and death, which we do when we mar- when we get married. We have a, uh, a marriage ceremony. We have the father-daughter dance and the mother and son dance, right? And the husband and wife dance. Dances can be used in mourning rituals. In Northern Australia, for example, the Yolnu people, I believe they're called. And one aspect of her research explores the relationship between dance practices of the Aboriginal people and understanding the dance as a contributor to well-being. Our ancestors also danced to promote health and well-being. There's a growing body of research that tells us that dance movement therapy provides many benefits for people in different health and well-being circumstances. And we've seen Parkinson's patients enjoying dance with partners, and this improves their balance and coordination. And people living with dementia who are unable to express themselves verbally but can enjoy communication through movement and dance. Looking back into ancient knowledge, it's also important to look forward at the potential of dance moving movement therapy. This is good for us. Goodtherapy.org does this great detailed article talking about dance therapy. They're calling it DMT, which is funny. It uses movement to help individuals achieve emotional, cognitive, physical, and social integration. It's good for your physical and mental health and can be used for stress reduction, disease prevention, and mood management. DMT's physical component offers increased muscular strength, coordination, mobility, and decreased muscular tension. Dance and movement therapy can be used with all populations, all individuals, couples, families, groups, and it helps promote self-awareness, self-esteem, and a safe place for the expression of feelings. Dance therapists will work with people to help them improve their body image and self-esteem, and it is a versatile form of therapy founded on the idea that motion and emotion are interconnected. The creative expressions of dance therapy can bolster communication skills, inspire dynamic relationships, and it's commonly used to treat physical, physiological, cognitive, and social issues such as... For example, the physical issues are 
chronic pain, childhood obesity, cancer, arthritis, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, mental health issues like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, self-esteem, post-traumatic stress, cognitive issues, including dementia, communication issues, and social issues, including autism, aggression and violence, domestic violence trauma, social interaction, and family conflict. Research has demonstrated over and over that this can be effective in the treatment of mental health issues. A study from the Journal of the Arts in Psychotherapy from 2007 found that dance therapy has had a positive effect on participants experiencing depression. Another, a study from the American Journal of Dance Therapy 2004, 54 students participated in a violence prevention program using dance. They found that aggression among the participants decreased and pro-social behaviors increased. A study from Alzheimer's Care Today 2009 suggests dance movement therapy can directly improve memory recall in people with dementia. A literature review from the American Journal of Dance Therapy indicated that DMT may be treated a treatment option for children on the autism spectrum. And due to its social and physical components, dance movement therapy is also being considered as a treatment option for childhood obesity. Hell yeah. There's all kinds of things that you can do to do this. Like we can do this on our own, people. There's a a method called mirroring. This is when you um, you match or echo the person's movements to illustrate empathy for an individual and validation of his or her experience. Try it sometime. You can incorporate jumping rhythms into a dance. People with depression can show that in, um, they show that they have decreased levels of vertical movement, and so jumping up and down can literally put you in a fucking better mood. So fucking do it. Making use of Movement metaphors can help a person demonstrate a therapeutic challenge or achievement. So there's all these things that we can do. And bringing the dance battle back may help bring diplomacy back. Maybe. We'll see. Our stoic thought of the week comes from an extraordinary woman and teacher. And her words echo even today. Helen Keller said, Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. And... Your success and happiness lie in you. External conditions are the accidents of life. It's outer trappings. The great enduring realities of our love of service. Joy is the holy fire that keeps our purpose warm and our intelligence aglow. Resolve to keep happy and your joy and you shall form an invincible host against difficulty. Have a great week, everybody.